Hey everybody, this is Dave, and welcome to another Geeky Topics Roundtable discussion here at Fanable.com. I've got uh, the rest of the Fanable crew here with me, and we're going to have a nice little brain share about some topics that I've cooked up, wrote down on this fancy little uh, notepad. Um, so how's everybody doing tonight? Good! Good. We just... We just wrapped up a uh, uh, another installment of um, Hex, uh, or uh, sorry, Hollow Earth Expedition. I didn't know Expedition. the science, yo, the science, yeah. Sorry. Wow. And, uh, and sorry. And if we do have time later on, we'll be introducing our guest, uh, Kevin Smith. But that's only if we have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Kevin, uh, if uh, he's waiting in the green room right now, but um, uh, well, I understand yeah. he has to go soon. So okay. we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see okay, what happens. Thank you. Okay, our producer is telling us to, yeah, we have some time. Okay. Um, so, anyways, guys, uh, welcome back to our Geeky Topics. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, and I just want to open up with something that's near and dear to our hearts, our favorite topic, my favorite topic, talking about ourselves. So, uh, what have you guys been uh, up to recently? What have you been reading or playing or watching? Uh, the reason I'm asking this is because uh, it kind of very much influences what we bring to Fandable. And when the mic is off... We rant at length about the shows we're watching or books we're reading. I thought we might want to give our listeners a little yeah, taste of that. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so whoever wants to jump off with that one, I'm going to say me. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Yeah. Oh, really? So, anyways. Um, yeah, that's great. Narcissistic uh, bastard. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I run it. Um, so, right now, I'm reading uh, I'm reading two things. I'm reading Doc Savage old uh, pulp novels. Huh. Um, and uh, that's what actually really got me pumped to play the uh, the... I almost said Heroes Unlimited, uh, Hollow Earth game, um, because I realize that you know we talk a lot about pulp, but I've never actually read it. I've read books on pulp or in the style of pulp, but this old Doc Savage stuff is fucking fascinating. Now, Kenneth Robeson, the uh, author of the Doc Sa- Savage novels, was actually like half a dozen guys, and they would churn these things out like once a month. So you would write something, you would write like a two, three hundred page no- novel in about a week. And then they would edit it, read it, edit it, and then print it. Um, but the most uh, noteworthy thing about Doc Savage is that um, uh, Kenneth Robeson, and specifically one of the authors named Lester Dent, um, who is the most uh, one of the most prolific uh, pulp authors, um, would look for super science to throw into Doc Savage because Doc Savage, of course, was this like you know the superhero. He was strong and intelligent and. Uh, and supernaturally and uh, white and well, he was the man of bronze. Oh, was so, he bronze? Yeah, yeah, that was his whole thing. Is that he had dark bronze skin? Oh, but he was a planetary, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's there's a whole uh, doc doc brass. Oh, doc brass. Yeah, doc uh, brass. Yeah. I, I, by the way, about, I saw a like a uh, fascinating. Yeah. By the way, not not to uh, hijack your thing, but if anybody out there me. hasn't read the planetary yes. comic books, read planetary. Pick them up. Pick them up. Yes. Find the trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Find the uh, the collections. Uh, get them online. Comicsology.com has them. They are mm-hmm. really, really yeah. good. They are a, 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 a sort of a satire slash homage to all sorts of different, both movie and comic book genres. Yes. They're great. I've I, read I it and I second that. Warren yes. Ellis, uh, great. Yeah. And I was just gonna say, like, I saw, like, I was watching uh, some Marvel, de- uh, some comic book, uh, uh, a documentary, and it was talking about how uh, and the reason for I say Anne White is because. Uh, back in the day, that was the, uh, according to this documentary. If you look at it, comic books were all just filled with European characters, yep. 
and uh, saw it with the Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. Yep. All European, like Pulp was very much into. Yeah, the, there was good white people, there was bad white people, and, and if there you was be- brown people. Oh well, there weren't always no actually, but they the, the Asian culture was actually make a big thing into Pulp because they were always whenever there was mystical or something, yeah. it was always exactly. Asian. Exactly. And of course, yeah, and of course, Doc Savage knows all these different martial arts like Batman. I mean, that has yeah. actually really um, uh, permeated a lot of the stuff that we ingest today mm-hmm. uh, for media. For again. Batman. The entire... What is Batman's superpower? Nothing except for he knows how to Rich. kick an absurd amount of ass, and he's very wealthy. So he's like this Iron weird... Iron Man kind of, has more money. Yes. Uh, really? It's yeah. <laughs> true. Different, different universe. Different universe. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Get matter. Up. Raw dollar value. Iron Man has more money than Batman. Than Wayne Court? Yes. Yeah. Wayne Court? Yes, they, they, did, they did the math. You don't know what the stock market is doing in, in um, the DC Iron universe Man. versus Iron Marvel? Man. Mm-hmm. Iron Man has more money than the... the, 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 the I Stark do Indi- like Stark Industries has more money than yeah. Wayne Court. It's actually been established. They, they, they looked at the comic by books. by who? By the comic books. They, they actually looked at the comic books. The comic books. Hey, guys, exactly. guys we can Dude, we can where are these characters from? Yeah. The comic books. <laughs> this is the only place where you can get We can ask Kevin Smith this later on. Yeah, okay. He probably has a pretty good idea. I'm sorry. Can we... Georgie, can we see if Kevin's... He's good? He's good? Right, okay. Right, oh, right. no, no, he's not. He needs five more minutes. Okay, five more minutes. Okay, we can fill up. Okay, okay. Um, okay so, uh, so the thing about Doc Savage is that Lester Den and a lot of the other authors would love to throw in science. Now, the way that they did that is that they would look into... Uh, they would look into um, experiments that were being currently conducted, and then they would run with it. And so... In this com in, in the first book that I read, which was The Men Who Smiled No More, great uh great story. Um it's uh there's there are two instances where quote unquote Doc Savage is using uh, or super science is being used by Doc Savage. One is he's flying a plane and he's got goggles on that look like blacked out cans. And it says that there's no way that Doc Savage could possibly see through something so large and bulbous, and he's flying without any lights on. Now what it says is what's really going on is the plane has a uh, light, an invisible light emitting from the bottom of the plane that is bathing everything underneath it. And only Doc Savage with those goggles on can see can see that kind of light. He's describing infrared technology, yes. which, which is not developed, which was only theoretical at that, po- that point. That's nothing. There's another part where Doc Savage... Uh, spoilers, by the way. I'm about to spoil The Men Who Smiled No More at the end. Well, From not going to... 1930. Yeah, I'm so not going to... you haven't read it by now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So all of you immortals who haven't read it yet... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, so there's a point where Doc Savage has a Scooby Doo moment. And he's just like, "Who's so and so?" And people are like, "Man, but Doc, how do you know?" And he's like, "Well, you see, when somebody broke into my suit secret lab, yeah, he's, he talks like, like Zap. Zap. Get the fuck over. <laughs> Who do you think I designed this guy around? <laughs> Except for I didn't have the points to make Doc Savage, so I just made a tough dumb guy. <laughs> um, it would be like making Superman if he was just the Flash, and then he was the Flash, yeah. um, and significantly better as a character. Then, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, so, uh, hey. so he's like, "Well, when people broke into my laboratory, I had a special camera set up, so in case there were intruders, I took pictures of their faces. And then later on, when Mister So and So was looking through his his uh, microscope, I had another camera installed in there, and it took a picture of his eye, took pictures of the eyes of the people who broke in because they were oh. masks, and pictures of the eye of the guy who was looking in the in the." microscope. And they're like, man, but Doc, what does that mean? It's like, well, you see, the human eye is actually more unique than the fingerprint of a human being. So by comparing the two negatives, I found out who the intruder was. He talked about retina scan technology, and we still haven't fucking figured that out completely yet. And that was literally created in, like, 1937. He wrote about that stuff. Doc Savage writes... The Doc Savage novels uh, write things in there that, uh, that Gibson... Um, that Gibson novels still touch upon. Much like Gibson, where you'd read a Gibson novel and be like, holy shit, he totally called out smartphones, yes. like, to a T, and it's eerie. 
Uh, Doc Savage called out some technology that, that we're just getting used Next to. Next week today. on Hex, they mm-hmm. will have to go through a retina scanner. Yeah. Well, and also yeah. let's uh, going back to like this. You guys won't might have heard this before we post this. Uh, we had the point where we actually realized like, hey, when did were computers actually created? And we had to go. It's like, oh, would we know what a computer is? But you know, that's the same thing. People were thinking of computers back in the day, like way before it was possible. And same with robots. And that was the great thing about pulp sci-fi. They had already invented the shit that we still are trying to go for. Like, let's look at jetpacks. Yeah. Jetpacks and other uh, cars. Uh, cars. We haven't mastered that yet, but everything else, you know, we, we have. Remember, like, Geordie uh, uh, LaForge, you'd walk around at that damn pad and just type in the codes and send it off, and that was so cool. That's a fucking iPad now. A exactly. five year old does that. Yeah, yeah, Google's making his visor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, all this science fiction is just kind of just hinting towards, like, hey, we haven't figured it out yet, but clearly we yeah. want to do yeah. this. Yeah. Clearly so, we yeah. wanted retinic scanning. Yeah. Clearly we wanted to do uh, night vision. We just have to figure it out, and that's yeah. what's beautiful. And about. you have to wonder how many of these uh, how many of these technologies were developed specifically because p- people picked up this media, yeah. and they were like, yeah, I'm I want to... i sure, because yeah. I mean, people say it now about Star Trek. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. people that explicitly say, yes, the reason I became an astronaut, the reason why I am working on creating you know, transporters, we're working on that technology, phaser technology mm-hmm. we're working on. Like, yeah, yeah, and they're like, well, it's because of Star reason. Trek. So yeah. why wouldn't the generation before us have said, no, I because I've read pulp comic books, I want to yeah. work on this. No, it makes total sense. A lot of the original design was straight up, the designers straight up oh, said. When yeah. I got a flip phone for the yeah. first time, fuck yeah, I was flipping it over and being like, Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was also and the, and yeah. the designers were straight up said, we want to start yeah. Trek communicators. Yeah, we'll uh, so we made happen. some. Yeah, so but the funniest thing is, like, a little kid, uh, okay, this is a non-sequitur. Uh, so an away team is sent down to an alien planet in Star Trek. What do they do? They take out their tricorders. Mm. Now, uh, a bunch of fucking, like, 20-something, 30-somethings, get out of a taxi cab in Midtown, and they're trying to find a very specific, like, uh, you know, rotisserie grill. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They take out their goddamn phones, oh, and they oh, talk to them. Not like that, but, like, uh, you know, the, the Star Trek used to, like, you know, tap, their, tap the badges. Uh-huh. That's a Bluetooth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Daniel's got, like, 15 of them on right now. Yes. All of his things. All the screens. And he could check for uh, Kevin Smith. Is Kevin... Uh, yeah, no, according to my technology. Uh, okay, yeah. Not Kevin Smith. Yeah, no, I've got, a, I've got the webcam in the green room. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a little irate. I think we should do something. No, no, no. Send no, him no, cookies. Send him cookies. Have, okay, yeah, we'll, get him, we'll get him a... Well, we've got some whiskey in there. He's yeah. a Batman. He says um, he's Batman. And also, to uh, to finish off uh, uh, for my reading, uh, this is not to make me sound like a prolific reader, but ladies, I am smart. I'm also reading horror in video games, essays on the fusion of fear and play. Which is Send basically, it's really good. It's Ooh. basically video game designers and like psychologists and stuff writing about horror and video games. Shit, and like, I just out. finished one on like gothic play and uh, like like the content, like gothic content and uh, ludic play. Um, and also sure. now I'm reading one on basically like, can you? How do you marry uh, the issue of uh, gameplay and fear? Because gameplay is about uh, achieving goals. Fear is about uh, is about weakness and unknowing. Okay, so uh, so, so just going about that uh-huh. uh, quickly because uh, we don't want to just focus always, only on that. What was every uh, anybody who plays video game? Some of us might not qualify. Mm-hmm. Scariest mo- moment in video games? Just a moment. Easily for me, the liquor li- leaping through the uh, the interrogation room yes. uh, in Resident Evil Two. Yep. I shit myself pretty much mm-hmm. when that happened. I didn't expect. I knew it was going to happen, but when it didn't happen the first time, I was like, okay, I grabbed the cord, I walk, and it just goes through the window. Scared me shitless. Hey Zeus, what about you? Uh, I know it was a Resident Evil. Game. I think it was when the dogs launched through the window in Resident Evil. Oh, one, the first one, yeah, yeah when you first, first played, I'm like, what the fuck? 
nope, yeah. that never happened. It's like, no, the monsters should be uh, right there. They don't come out the yeah. window. Yeah. 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 yeah, Resident Evil is a huge thing in this, and there's an entire mm-hmm. essay about it. Uh, Daniel? I don't play enough games to like tell you something right now. That's okay. The, the original creator of Resident Evil wanted to make making a new game called uh, End Within. Or oh, no, the, 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 uh, the Darkness Within. The Darkness Within. It I looks fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. Um, okay, so... Angela? Did the ghosts ate me in Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Those cold, dead Pac-Man eyes. They're, they're terrifying. Oh, you do? do you have a, you have a game? Uh, I, got a, I, I love horror games, yes, so yeah, I look right. for that. You know what? I'm going to tell you... Um, Strangely enough, in the hyper-violent video game of uh, Condemned to uh, mm-hmm. Criminal Origins, um, it is the greatest representation, first-person uh, representation of a, of a nightmare that I've ever seen. Because in it, you have nightmares about this black ichor consuming most of the city, and things crawl out of it, and they attack you. But here's what makes it truly terrifying. I drank in it, like a... a, a like half a fifth of whiskey playing this game, like because I was like fucking scared. I was scared, and then my roommate actually uh, belly crawled from his room and came up behind me, and then like whispered in my ear, like "I won't tell," and I like screamed <laughs> through the controller. But uh, in this game, um, you you have these nightmares, and and they're very vivid and and, and visceral. But you're also around the peripheral of your vision. You're slowly losing your capacity for sight. And it's slowly, you have like, you can hear everything, and you know where you are, but you don't know your objective, and you're slowly going blind, which is a really common effect of a nightmare. Psychologically, a lot of people feel that, which is, or a lot of people experience that, which is like this blindness, or like you can only see the peripheral, or you can only see dead ahead of you, um, and it starts doing that. And so, I'll tell you, like, that that had to be one of the scariest uh, scariest games I've ever played, because it mixes hyper-violence with this kind of... um, this this the only power you have in Condemned 2 is the fact that you can engage in this hyperviolence which for much of the game isn't really explained. People are just going crazy. Um so anyways, uh, that that would be one of the scariest moments. Uh and I'm gonna pass it off uh to the next person. because uh, I've talked a lot about myself and who I have spent. Uh what have I watched lately? Uh, uh me and Angela finally actually caught up on uh American Horror Story Two, The Asylum. And uh just spoiler alert because you find out within five minutes uh, the two things that go that that uh, happen that are supernatural is they have science, which is aliens, mm-hmm. and then they have uh, faith, which is there are demons and angels. Oh, by the way, uh, spoilers. I did yeah, say spoilers. Did. Oh, you just, I didn't. I wasn't listening to you. I never do. Okay. Uh, all right. But you and, really do. Right. I mean, they they really do appear within like the first five minutes. Oh. of the Yeah. So episode. yeah, you're not gonna. That's not gonna ruin anything. Uh, what really just is scary about it is the fact that it's 1950, 1960 something, asylum. Like, the shit that goes on is, uh, it's surprisingly effective, especially some of the more risque stuff they do, it's surprisingly effective, and I give kudos completely. Uh, it freaked me the fuck out, and it was just because, really, the true horror was just humanity. And uh, what I'm reading, uh, what I'm reading right now is uh, Bash, uh, which is the role-playing guide for playing superheroes. Because I'm trying to figure out how to play run a game for superheroes because I love superheroes and I miss There's a guide heroes. for. No, it's, it's, it's bash. A, it's a, it's a game. It's a role-playing game. Yeah, it's basic action superheroes. Okay, cool. yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. Love it. Okay. Uh, currently, well, I'm reading. Sort of reading. The first thing I just finished reading is World War Z, which led to me Yay! Billy over here. I finally got around to reading, which was a mistake because I had planned to actually do some work that day. It didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen at all. And the the two things first, it was an awesome awesome book, and I learned more about zombies. And actually, I kind of want to live in the world post zombies. <laughs> apparently, apparently, the world is a better place now when everyone is well, except Russia, Russia, because it's Russia. But uh, secondly, though, it makes me very disappointed in the new movie that's going to come out because I'm pretty sure it's nothing 
at all like the book. Yeah. Well, you think Brad Pitt's not going to do an accurate job of what you're reading about? There, there is no Brad Pitt in the book. Uh, in the book, he was in first. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he's only in movies. Yeah. Well, I, when I when I heard that World War Z was going to be a movie, it was mm-hmm. like, how the hell do you make this oral history book mm-hmm. into a movie? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to still see it. I'm going to still enjoy it because mm-hmm. it's zombies. I love I love zombies. And people say it's, uh, zombies are too mm-hmm. they're, they're drowning the entertainment. It's like no, I love it. I love a good. I mm-hmm. think you can always find a good story in a zombie setting, yes. a good game. I love it. I love the books. I love the movies. But uh, he changes the zombie I just, significantly. I still the story as well. Yeah, I just don't really feel that this is going to take on the. It feel, it's going to feel. I honestly think going to feel like an American uh, doing an American's job, yes. and you might. And it's not. It's not going to feel worldly as it did in World War Z, the book, mm-hmm. where I understood how the world turned out and I understood the different people in the world. I feel that the only thing we're going to understand about this movie. Is the effect that well, Americans already spread pit. It feels like kind of obvious from the trailer. He's going to find a cure or something. I really hope so. Hmm? I really hope not. I I I hope not, but only from the ways like from Russia, you will be finding. Oh no, God! You're going to find a cure or something stupid like that. Cure everything. So that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And second, I'm reading the I'm reading the Hollow Metropolis book because I'm preparing for the next arc in the story. Yay! Hey, um, how did Dampier's work? Hmm? Nothing. Are you reading the? Uh, I will say this though: oh, you're, not, you're not as special as you thought we, we thought you were. I'm gonna say I'm not. We trying to tell you? <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not just saying that. But like story wise, like because the way because I didn't understand the book when I first read it. Because when we first read the book, it was just something to try. Yeah, yeah. But now I, that I'm reading deeper, I'm like, I can. I had a story idea in my mind, but that's that's gonna change significantly. From mm-hmm. now. No, so no, you're, I just, love you're it. just gonna be a regular damn peer from now on. I'm I was say, always I a regular damn. I know you always were, but we just. We, for a while, we tried to say like because we thought you were yes. you were invented another way. Like mm-hmm. you, we used to think that the only way to become a dampier is if you're born that way. Mm-hmm. And you originally played it as you were bitten and uh-huh. became a dampier. Uh-huh. Yep. But then it's like no, that's actually a, a the big way. How yeah. yeah, much yeah, So basically, I, I found a way in a storage to change yeah. that to like well, so your. Well, I'm, the thing is like, uh, but with uh, I mean, this is a non sequitur, but Doctor Ezrael um, is looking for uh, a way to prolong life. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that I would be one of his one of his experiments in the fact that. He, I should have died, mm-hmm. but he saved my life. But the best he could do was turn me in, was, yes. was was kickstart me into dompurism. Yes, um, and having a dompurism assistant is just wildly fucking useful. Yeah, I think that what makes him special was he was probably I'm guessing from what you've told me. Yeah, you were becoming a vampire. Yes. Yeah. And what he did was kind of stop that. And yeah. said, nope, you're a vampire. Yeah. Which, honestly, if I was like, uh, uh, I'm sure like some of the nobles would find that very yeah. interesting. But also, because vampires total... can own property and vampires can't. Because uh-huh. vampires, yeah. And also, it makes total sense that uh, there'd be some clandestine scientific organization looking into it and treating me like shit. Yeah. Um, because they'd be like, wait, if you can stop it, then theoretically we can replicate that and we can either. You know, okay, if you're naive, you can be like, oh, they want to stop vampirism. If you know what's going on, then you're like, oh, they want an army of dompier scientists. No, yeah. Yeah, or the fact that they just want, the, like, there's apparently in uh, One Hollow Metropolis, being 200 years old is not uncommon because uh, it's taking that Victorian era, uh, era idea of there's the fountain of youth. Yes. And that's because back in the day, uh, when vampires first came, they used to think they were feral, and then they found that like, oh, there could be vampires that are smart, and then a lot of the uh, a lot of the what were the the parliament people, the, yeah. uh, the nobles, parliamentary, yeah. yeah, they were becoming vampires, mm-hmm. and the uh, the younger parliament people were saying that's bullshit because yeah. they don't die and we can't take their shit. Yeah, yeah. so they and put an implicit law saying like you can only live for a or if you're a vampire, I think no, you, you if you're a vampire, you're legally dead and your property gets you you cannot legally own anything as a vampire. Okay, but. 
that's why they put so much money in bio, like, you know, funding research mm-hmm. into the Fountain of Youth mm-hmm. and all that shit, because right now they're living up to, like, 200 years old yeah. by buying, like, tonics. Although it has diminishing returns. It does have diminishing returns, because you can only survive up to 200 years old, mm-hmm. but... That's why, like, yeah, like Byron could uh, be like fifty, but he's like kind of young. It seems. Yeah. I got. I, I'm, honestly, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I got a sneaking, sneaking feeling that I'm going to pull up uh, Billy and uh, probably switch on my character at some point because the complications yep. are getting kind of well myriad at this point. Up to you. Um, well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to off him necessarily. Um, but uh, but you could always try making him an NPC status and giving him to the professor. Uh, no, I've got some ideas I'm going to take up with Jesus, but okay. uh, I, 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 I've been looking at. I've been looking at the detect, uh, looking at playing a detective, uh, because playing a dompier is sweet. Don't get me wrong, but and I got everything I wanted. I got superpowers and got to speak an Irish accent um, and all that stuff, and I really like him. But like, I feel like it's been so complicated. Um, his his history has gotten so complicated that he needs to cool off a little. So when he comes back, he's on the same level as all the other characters, because mm-hmm. um, there has been a lot of misconception. This is totally jumped the rails. Uh, anything else that you're reading or watching? Uh, no, the only thing I've, I've watched recently is Game of Thrones with a room full of nerds and the screaming during the ninth Red Wedding episode. Beyond that, everything's fine. Never heard of it, Daniel. Okay, <laughs> amen. All right, uh, Dan. Uh, today's uh, episode of uh, Dan ranting uh, 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 and the uh, roundtable will be brought to you by uh, Don Reyes, Dominican premium aged white rum, as well as uh, Don Nacho, King Don Nacho, Don Nacho, <laughs> Lord of Lord of all nachos, <laughs> and uh, maker of fine tequila products not that, everywhere. Not that we've been drinking. Nacho, uh, not, Nacho man. No, but uh, Don Reyes uh, is stuff is uh, delicious. Uh, so, what have been uh, been uh, watching, uh, drinking, uh, reading, and uh, and uh, doing, uh, or things? Um, uh, basically, okay. So first, watching, watching. I'm gonna bring up two shows, uh, anime. So if anybody, anyone out there doesn't care for anime, screw you. Because uh, I am a mean drunk, as has been uh, established before. No, no, I'm not nearly. I'm not nearly uh, drunk enough to be me yet. So mm-hmm. two. Uh, no, but if this is followed up with a game of uh, Final uh, Girl, yeah, Final yeah, Girl, or uh, Fiasco, where it's just Daniel. Where, we, where if we censor You're Daniel, you're supposed it just... to wait till the twist to start killing everybody. Fuck that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers gonna die. The, the killer has competition. What he can't <laughs> handle it. So what's yep. the animes? So animes, two shows. Uh, they actually just started up. Uh, the one is uh, a. Uh, Attack on Titan. Yes, Attack yes. on Titan is ridiculously What's good. It about? Okay, so basically, uh, in humanity's uh, dark future slash past, uh, humanity suddenly got confronted by a new predator, the Titans. Uh, basically, gigantic, human-looking creatures that seem to be unintelligent. The main uh, goal and the goal in life and existence is to eat humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans at this point were like slightly over medieval level technology, mm-hmm. and uh, they basically got. Uh, destroyed. Uh, you know, they, they got eaten by these titans. So humanity pretty much retreated into this one sort of massive city uh, with three separate walls. And, uh, you know, there's sort of a wall Maria wall or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. The point is, the deeper you are in, the higher class you are. And then as you get out to the further walls where there's more dangers of titans breaking through, uh, you're usually lower class. Um, the story itself is very much sort of like, you know, here's a 
here's a young guy, he's going to be a hero, he's going to save us all from the Titans. He's going to be gonna, the guy! Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it's actually really, it gets really dark really quick. People die left and right. They start building it up like, this is going to be the guy! Yeah. Yay! Yay, everybody's trained, everybody's ready! Boom! They all got eaten by Titans. What? <laughs> um, it is, it is, the animation is top-notch. It, uh, Where can it, we see it at? Uh, it's available right now on Crunchyroll. Uh, Crunchyroll.com. Um, uh, can we throw up uh, some uh, some links? Yeah, we'll throw up some links. Uh, uh, subtitled or subtitled? Is it? Okay, yes. yeah, subtitled uh, because oh, yeah. you, because uh, dubs are for wimps Hi. and uh, babies. No, yeah. I, I, I don't like multitasking. Yeah, no, I like multitasking. Dubs. dubs can be okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be available on dub at some point, but right now it's pretty much simulcasting with Japan. <laughs> so all the simulcast shows uh, are basically only dubbed at best. Uh, sub, sorry, sub the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got great animation. Uh, the um, some episode, I think seven or eight by now, uh, which is when the twist starts getting revealed, yes. and it is fucking brilliant. Highly recommended. Other show also just started a brand new show. Uh, uh, this one's got a really weird name. It's uh, Gargantia on the Verdant Sea. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that and it's it's it a starts. Name. Yeah, it that? is. It is. It starts off. Actually, it starts off great with one of the most brilliant space battles, anime space battles I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly well well animated, incredibly well shot, beautiful art. Um, and then uh, quickly, basically, uh, this is not spoilers. This is all basically stuff that happens uh, first episode. Um, little bit under ten minutes. Uh, humanity is at war with this uh, in, the, in the future. Then is at war with this alien, apparent alien race. Space squids. Um, yes, like space squids, basically. And uh, it's a nasty war. Humanity is not really winning. And uh, as part of this war, they basically they're forced to retreat. As they're retreating, uh, one of the uh, one of the the, the the soldiers basically gets pulled through a wormhole, ends up on this planet that's apparently all covered by water. Quickly realizes this planet is effectively Earth, uh, which humanity has supposedly left behind a long time ago. Um, it's pretty slow at first. First few episodes are very much sort of like uh, character building and getting to know the people on the ships, and uh, sort of it seems to be a little lighthearted at first. Round stick with it around episodes four, five, six or so. Again, the twist happens, everything changes, it gets really, really good, really, really deep. It sounds like the, the, the beat drops from dubstep. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Bo- both of these series are basically uh, uh, Attack on Titan more because it has more action from the beginning, uh, but Gargantia has a, it's a little bit more slow paced. Both of them are totally worth sticking with until and until the first episode, like six or seven episodes in, because that's when they really get really, really good. Both names also allude to something extremely large. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Good to know. Um. Yeah. Because that's that's what happens. Uh, but yeah, both both are both are brandy exactly. Oh, ladies. <laughs> um. But yeah. So uh, again, both are series that li- just started. They're brand new uh, spring anime series. So the animation is great on both of them. <laughs> Highly recommended. Been watching them both. Uh, reading. I am reading, uh, actually, let me look up the uh, author, but the book is called uh, Bitter Seeds. Bitter Seeds by Ian Trigillus. Trigillus? Trigillus. Yeah, I guess it's Trigillus. Look it up. Bitter Seeds. First book of a trilogy. Uh, I've actually told some of you guys of this before, but you podcast people don't know me yet. So, uh, basically, first book of a trilogy, it's back World War, uh, which was the World War with the Nazis? First one was the second. second, one. <laughs> second. <laughs> I know my history, people. <laughs> Nazis! They, we fought a war against them. Yes. So basically, imagine the Nazis 
uh, have developed uh, the X-Men, basically. Uh, they, uh, the Nazi scientists have discovered a way to make uh, uh, people display superpowers and disability, fire starting, uh, all sorts of things, and are going to be using them in the war. Uh, this, of course, uh, 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 London and uh, uh, America. The, yeah, no, America oh, has the, nothing to do with this. Oh, so you said second or first war? Second, uh, the second war. Then. Second war. Yeah, it's, it's, this is still uh, Nazis. So it's still Hitler. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But America, okay, so it's, so America has very little role to play in in these books. Oh, in the story. Okay, in the story. Sorry. In the story. Yeah. No, we're, we're, in history. In, yeah, in, in history. history. Yeah. Fuck but, history. Yeah. But in the in this particular story, yeah, the Nazis developed the X Men. So what happens? Uh, Britain basically goes like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" Hey, uh, anybody remember uh, those old stories about warlocks uh, talking to dark no things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we totally do. Get some of those. So the wow. warlocks go like, "Oh yeah, we're totally talking to like Cthulhu and stuff. Not uh, Cthulhu specifically, but dark forces from beyond reality who really care nothing for humanity and only yeah. respond to blood sacrifice. Uh-huh. Like, we should use that against the Nazis. So they do. And so it's basically yeah. Cthulhu versus the X Men, except the X Men are Nazis and Cthulhu <laughs> yeah, works in most for stories, it's British. Usually the other way around. This yeah, one and just... British and British sorcerers are basically sacrificing people to Cthulhu to fight the Nazis." Yeah, it's as insane as it sounds, but it works. It actually, it actually comes off as very historical fiction, oddly mm-hmm. enough. Interesting. Um, There's no good guy in this story. Uh, yeah, basically. Well, no, there is a good guy. The main character is basically caught first between, to be sacrificed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, first book of a trilogy. Uh, I haven't gotten to second or third yet, but I've heard good things about them. Uh, lots of fun to read. I highly recommend it. And uh, what's the third thing? Uh, 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 watching, uh, reading, reading and, uh, playing. playing. playing yeah. I'm not playing Jack shit. Because I'm, I'm having too much fun watching my anime and reading my books. Uh, there you go. Then Angela, get I will say the, um, that Bad Seeds, what it reminds me of, if you like that idea but want something a little lighter, there's a young adult trilogy by Scott Westerfeld, uh, the Leviathan trilogy, mm. and that is World War One, where, uh, alternate history, um, when Darwin figured out, um, uh, survival of the fittest and all that. They actually figured out gene splicing around the same time. So the British and all of the people that end up being their allies in World War One, they have all these genetically engineered creatures at their disposal. The, uh, the titular Leviathan mm. is a genetically engineered whale that breathes hydrogen, so it's lighter than air. Interesting. Then there's like flechette bats that are their weapon. What? Where Yes, yep. these bats have eaten like metal shards and poop them out, mm-hmm. which is a really effective battle tactic. Yeah. Uh, so that's what all the British have, and then Austria-Hungary, and uh, everyone that ends up being on that side in World War One, they are the clankers, and they're steampunk. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. I've read the books. It's, yeah, yeah they're really good. They're yeah, really so good. When, I read when, the first one. Yeah. When yes. Daniel was first talking about this, I was like, oh yeah, you want that? Go back to World War One, and mm-hmm. you've got steampunk versus genetically engineered monsters. Yeah. That sounds yeah, well, sweet. Fully approved, yeah. yeah. Uh, as for what I'm watching, in addition to having just finished up um, American Horror Story, of course, uh, Billy and I are also watching Defiance on Sci-Fi. Yeah. Love it. Right. I've heard really good things about yeah, Defiance, really. so not just from you guys. I've had a couple yeah, of friends. Yeah, the executive producer it. is the guy that did Farscape back in the day. Yes. Uh, the, I still need to watch uh, the the pedigree just feels very 90s science fiction mm-hmm. in a really good way. Because uh, there's some, uh, you know, like Babylon 5 and, and Farscape. It's this great story of alien, you know, different alien cultures, including humans in this case, learning to work together in what feels very much like a Wild West frontier town. Uh, so that is great. 
Uh, as for what I'm reading, uh, I am reading way too much shit right now. Oh, boy. I, I work for a publisher, so I'm not going to list anything. I'm oh, going to list good, one good thing that books. I want to read, and it's because um, there's this great article that I just read on the um, the YA Highway and the diversity in YA tumblers. Yeah. And I, this, the title is, When There Are No Words, the subtitle is, On Writing Historical Fiction About Bisexual Characters. And it's this trilogy that I skipped over when it first came out because the first book is The Vespertine. It's by Sandra Mitchell. And the cover is a girl in a pretty dress. And I am so fucking over the girl in a pretty dress trope for YA books. Stop it. <laughs> but what's great is that her third book has just come out. It's The Elementals. And instead of the girl in the pretty dress it's been on the first two, it's a girl cross-dressing as a boy in 1917. Interesting. And the author is talking about how in modern parlance we would call this girl bisexual, we would call her gender queer or gender fluid, but we didn't have those terms in 1917. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, the term bisexual existed, but it referred more to people who are like hermaphroditic or intersex. Mm-hmm. So it was totally different meaning. So it's uh, her article is talking about. How do you write about these characters that we understand in modern terms to be one thing, but would never call themselves that? So I read this and like totally geeked out about it. So <laughs> I am going to break my rule of not reading books about that have girls in pretty dresses on the cover, and I need to go back and start with Vespertine. Uh, then the second book is the Spring Suite, and the third one that just came out is the Elementals. Again, they're all by Sandra Mitchell. Okay, rad. Damn, you guys. Um, all right, so uh, I think we uh, pretty much uh, answered that question. <laughs> so bringing me to my next point of interest, Warhammer. Yes. We all love it, don't yes, we? Yes, I do. The Warhammer, the Warhammer tabletop game that we play via yeah. our characters in Rogue Trader. For those of you listening who don't know, it's one of our longest-running yes. games. It is a tabletop game involving... Traders of rogues or some such. I really I don't pay a t- lot of attention. I've been playing for like three years. I so, all rogues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that uh, Warhammer uh, has apparently released, uh, or is going to release, a MMO, a massively multiplayer online role-playing Didn't game. Didn't work out so well for mm-hmm. their fantasy. Well, this is my question. So, actually, my question. This is my statement. We're going to play our characters in the Shadow Labyrinth, right? It's free to play. No, seriously. They can get over. It's free to play. The only issue with I don't that think they let is that Billy can't play Barsha. I think he'll be okay with it. No, 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 no. Not only that, but the thing is that it's a free-to-play model, uh-huh. but you have to pay for the... There's four races. Orcs, El- Eldar, uh, human, uh, space marines, specifically, and chaos. Hey. Hmm? You can't play regular humans. What? Wait, can you play a female space oh, marine? Okay, yeah. <laughs> no. 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 So what? You can't. You, you know. Can't, <laughs> you can't burn play, it down. You can't play a, a human you female. Play a, no, you cannot play a human at all. The thing is, the basically, it's it's basically. So let me get. You get the orc, which is uh, no sex. You get the human, which is uh, uh, masculine oh, human. Let me tell you, I'm going to bet they're going to make the elder just female girls because they can I be pretty know. and everything like that. Because that's a, oh my god, sexy stupid. elves. That's what I was going to. Yeah, sex, it's going to be sexy elves, but so then they're going to be chaos, which is going to be the demonic the, the way the, this is what I've heard Sounds so far. They're going to be sucky, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Way, probably. Lay it on uh, the way I've heard of it so far is like it's going to be free to play. The only race you can get play for free are the orcs. What? Oh wait, hold on. That's what I've heard so far. Too bad. Let me finish. And the other races you have to. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're gonna do it. Like pay for, pay for part, or whatever. And basically, much like uh, their miniatures, you still gotta pay for. The way they're gonna do combat is uh, basically one space marine can take on numerous orcs to try to show the fact that basically all all the three, like uh, one pacer who plays, is able to take on like all these people who play for free. 
So some okay. free to plays is pay to win. Yeah, something like that. Fuck yeah. that shit. Fuck that shit. Uh, no, no, here's why I want to play, and especially as orcs, I, I totes, I, I totes, um, I totes want to have a, uh, an experience just, just playing it with you guys, because yes. I don't like MMOs, and Fandible, Fandible, uh, Except fans. for EVE Online, which I love currently playing. Yeah. I don't know, I can't, okay. I can't no, I'm not talking for you guys, I'm talking for me, like, okay. I do not like MMOs, my first and only generally experience, and yes, I'm going to probably get some comments on the site for this, um, uh, or you can email Fandible Dave. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, was was War, uh, World of Warcraft back in the day, yeah. and Ugh. you know I, I just remember standing in a queue for a goddamn scorpion in a cave, yeah, and uh, and then having some dude fireball me and then jump over my body and call me a faggot noob, and like I'm like wait. This is what I'm doing. I'm paying money ah, to invite the dredge yeah. of the, and, and again, you're if you like BBA MMOs, right to be clear, if you like MMOs, awesome, more power to you. But like for me, uh, you probably no- society. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll probably notice that I like to get to know the people that I'm going to play with, and even then, I have conflicts with. Yeah, you know, yeah, we have conflicts we're working out. All I'm saying is maybe you shouldn't have been such a fag noob. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you? No, Was that you? <laughs> I'm, it actually, might have been me. I, I played that game for like I, when I first came. I played it from first game up for like three years, mm-hmm. and it can be like I played. On PvP, I didn't play PvP, which I assume you did. Uh, I, I didn't know what that meant. I was okay, just like, right. yeah, this is the second problem. Yeah, that's the second problem. <laughs> right, at, right after being a fag noob. It can be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before I really got into role playing, I played that all the time, and I can see why people would really want it. It's it's community based game. You're like you're part of a group. Yeah. They call you fag noobs all the time, which is okay. You start to accept it. <laughs> you no, get over it. It. It's not okay. But you people accept, accept it. it. Yeah, exactly. Part of the no, a, a very close friend of mine um, started playing it, and then he wound up heading um, uh, heading up uh, a guild. And he is a you know for for everything that for everything that he uh, he will he will deny about his personality. He is a die in the wool. Uh, he's a leader, and I I, I met him through a live action role playing. Um, back in my hometown, uh, we became very close friends. Yeah, became very, very close friends. No, but he was one of the people who was like very awesome outside of the game and inside of the game. And like he 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 won an award once for most uh, for uh, not most distinguished, but like no, but uh, but but uh, but uh, most uh, growth for a role player basically because he was known as like having what's called a six pack. And that is like your characters die so often during the night that you have to submit six of them. <laughs> because you may get to the six one by the end of the night, and then by the uh, by a couple of years later, he was you know uh, giving speeches in faux Latin and stuff like that. Like he's very dedicated. Um, he thrives in World of Warcraft because he doesn't let the haters bo- you know bother him, and he's awesome at that shit, and that's great. But when it comes to it, like MMOs for me, like I don't like to. I live in New York City. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> I'm surrounded by them, even kind of right now. They don't know I'm talking about them, little orb. Um, so, uh, but but I would love to. I would love to have us play and kind of review the Warhammer 40k MMO. Here's my problem. With, I mean, I'm gonna do it because yes. I, I think there's better games that I. Oh, well, guarantee there are. are. No, there's, be- there's better games that we could choose if we ever want to do the MMO experience. Better than World of Warcraft, and better definitely than. I'm sorry, I cannot believe they're not gonna allow. Female, human females. I think it's. We they might be honestly, chaos. I am glad I don't have to see them try to design female space marine armor because yeah. I don't trust the internet. I'm not even asking for female space marines. I'm surprised that I'm just surprised that the race. I'm just surprised that the race is our 
Space Marines, or because I'm going to be honest, here's here's my biggest problem with Warhammer, and I'll, mm-hmm. since we're talking about Warhammer, fuck it, I'll say it. I hate Warhammer because it is filled with the biggest power players I've ever <laughs> fucking met. And not just I'm not talking to you guys. You guys are great, but I no, hate but the actual the, 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 the war game. Yeah, the, it, war, the game. War, war game. game the point. Yeah, the it's war game. About, yeah, like, and I can't stand it. It's uh, filled with the people who are just. It's the meathead game. and that's what it's designed for. Absolutely. But since I'm since I'm being made to play it. And I'm enjoying it because right, right. I am enjoying it because we don't go that route. But if anybody at Econ would say like, "Hey, do you want to play?" Like we have a role playing game of like, like uh, Warhammer. I would not even hesitate to say like, "No." Mm-hmm. I I think it's just I like playing the normal humans or like I I I would love to play Warhammer if I could just be a human. I don't want to be a space marine because every time a space marine comes around. It, they, they act like they're the fucking second coming of the Emperor. It's like, right. oh my god. One of the best examples Such a nerdy we, reference. Remember when, we played, uh, remember when we played Black Crusade a long time ago? <laughs> yeah. You all chose the human characters. And honestly, if you wanted to pick the space, the space screen character, it would have been a much a less interesting game because of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. but like we also have to look at the narrative. I mean, like, yeah. yes, if you if if you allow space marines, then it's why. Okay, it's like uh, I think of Vampire the Masquerade. Imagine like, okay, you can all play neonates. Those are vampires under a year old, um, and then but you're like, yeah, you can play vampires underneath a year old, but for a few more points, you can play like a master vampire over a hundred years old, or you can play a fucking werewolf. Like, do you know how unbelievably imbalancing a okay. cross genre game gets? And, uh, and there's another reason I don't want to play. I don't uh-huh. want to play. Because I, the only way I, me and Angela last in a in a MMO is role playing. We have to role play. That's that that is our jam. You're the talkers. That is yeah. That is the only thing that we could possibly do to keep us entertained more than a couple weeks. Because I can enjoy a game, but I enjoy like you know Halo from time to time. Just but yeah. I need role playing, and that's what I'm worried about. The World of Darkness game and everything is you're going to reach the you're going to find so much bullshit of I'm a, I'm a space marine I should always win like it's like okay uh, whatever or I uh, even though if they do have those rules of uh, like hey we're for World of Darkness hey we're all just neonate vampires there's going to be someone who's a fucking antediluvian unless and, well, that that is true for the old model but now we have instances models which I got to get behind which is like you play with your group you're on your own dedicated server that's true. there aren't going to be people who bust in do I think that Warhammer 40k is going to have that kind of luxury probably not I don't again think because the game community, has that luxury I, I think that the, yeah, the I think the vampire game is going to uh, is going to have that oh uh, Guild Wars has a private Guild to, I did not uh, know that. that uh, uh, Still no. Yeah, no. Uh, no, guys, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not advocating I'm just, for... I'm just saying, that one has it. Uh, uh, fucking Secret World uh, for the Dungeons are also instanced. Oh, yeah, that, those are instances. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I thought you meant, like, this, uh, your own personal server. Like, if the Secret World was, the entire Secret World was the five oh, of you guys. No, 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 no. And I'm like, like no, no, they don't have that. No, 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 exactly. That's what I thought he was yeah, saying. No, 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 no. And it's like, no. yeah. yeah. Don't, 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 well, actually, yeah. no. One game has that. Uh, uh, the, not the current Neverwinter Nights, because they re-released Neverwinter Nights to be a full-on MMO. Uh-huh. Oh, the but, old yeah. school Neverwinter Nights, which you basically... You, the thing is, it wasn't really sponsored by the company. You literally had to set up your own division. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, guys, this is what I'm recommending. Vandable fans... Hollaback, if you like the idea, we we play like one hour of the game. We record the whole shindig, Ooh, and wow. and then we review it. Is it a fair review? Have we? Do we think we need to be fair to to no. uh, fantasy flight games? No, no. <laughs> please. They have all they have all kinds of money. They're fun, and we love their tabletop games. But you know what? I think the thing is, um, when we don't like their shit. 
we are very honest. We don't like their shit. So, for instance, like 99 Witness problems. The last 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 99 problems. 99 yeah. problems. Exactly. When it came to when it came to only war, we straight up did not like. That. We wanted to like Secret yes. War. Like when we found out, like we were the grunts. We're like, we're gonna fucking. It's gonna be like Band of Brothers, man. And yeah. by the end, it's like, let's kill. Like, I want to betray everyone in this group. <laughs> yeah. Can I sacrifice? Died twice. Can I sacrifice I one of these characters to Chris? Can I please have a little Chris power? Just of Chris. So I still. I, I think that I, I would love to, if I was into more, like, gritty and and um, the crunch of games, I would love to hack Only War to make it work as a band of brothers and mm-hmm. Thin Red Line and Saving Private Ryan. I would love to make that game. Yeah, yeah something that I thought that was totally a missed opportunity there was, like, I was expecting there to be a stat for camaraderie. Hmm. And I was like, why is there not a stat for how connected you are with the rest of your players? Like, there is for every insanity and fate points and all that shit. What about camaraderie? So, like, the... So, God forbid, and we brought I've brought this up before, the more your characters actually get along, the stronger they are, as opposed to the internal conflict method, which is, like, you know, like, you're developing story just by being dicks to each other. Um, so, so why not a camaraderie yeah. uh, aspect? No, but I think the problem of only war was we wanted it to be like, oh, you play low power characters and you role play and you work yeah. together to survive. Only war really feels like their attempt to combine the tabletop game with the table top game of yeah. the miniatures like yeah. no you you are a commanding officer and you have five people under your like you that's know, right we it's like play it right. and we're like <laughs> like this we don't want to fucking like i don't want to yeah, be like do, a commander I, i'm sure part of it was uh you know we had different expectations for the game than yes. what it could actually support yeah. and you know like david just said we didn't play it right we totally yeah. ignored that rule because yeah. we thought it was bullshit yeah because what so, the game actually supports it's not what we want yeah. i also remember like the game we played was just a our free RPG yeah. version of it, yeah. yeah. Beta. So we didn't actually play the full game, which I'm not getting any. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think, like what I what I would want to do is, I and mean, we already ignore a lot of rules in Warhammer. Like we're Woo! just beginning to deal with the profit margin and profit margin and uh, rogue trader, which margin. is why Qantas might actually be able to do something. <laughs> because yeah. with, with nope. the, by we the way, thank you. Thank you, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> but thank you to the lovely people commenting on how to make Qantas better. I got to say. The thing about a tech priest is that they're very rules heavy, and if you sit down with a game group such as Fandible, and they say, "Oh yeah, we don't really use the uh, profit margin stuff," guess what? Your tech priest can't do shit because it's all fucking. We noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was also honestly part of what was holding Telka back when mm-hmm. I was playing her because uh, as she got higher up. So many of the available talents and skills all had to do with profit margin yes. because the the crews are are mercenaries. They're not just here to be break skulls; it's to break skulls and make money. Well, yeah. so since the we good thing for works with... <laughs> is when they break skulls, they get money. Exactly. The teeth. <laughs> it's like Mario. Mm-hmm. They so, jump on something and coins come you know, out. <laughs> honestly, that's part of why I was like, and I'm gonna retire Telco yes. because I want a character that can do shit. Yeah. You know what the problem? So, yeah. You know. You know what the hard thing about here's here's the also made I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to start Star Wars really quickly because we are talking about Warhammer and also because you're you and Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Like I, I was role playing Star Wars Galaxy. Fun game. Not a great game, but fun. Okay. Um. And someone said something to me like, you know, I don't. He, he was a great role player. Uh. And his thing was his name is Crick, and uh, his thing was, I'm okay with people role playing bad guys, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day. That's not a very fun story for me to mm-hmm. hear, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel sometimes with playing like a Barsher or playing, you know, Warhammer. 
you know, we do have some epic adventures and we do some awful things. But in, in, at the end of the day, I never feel like, God, I'm a hero. The only time I ever felt really like, we're fucking heroes, was Dark Heresy at the end when we killed that, like, crazy demon summoning thing. That's the closest I ever came to saying, like, fuck yeah, we were, and I could even tell everybody felt, like, kind of heroic, because everyone here instantly, like, the moment we stopped that podcast said, oh my god, how many XP did we get? Okay, next week, I am going to get this, and this, oh my god, I just feel like, I, it, it was an energy, and with Warhammer, it just feels so, like, everybody's a bad guy, and and that is the point, and I'm not even, I'm not arguing that that's what people like about it, it's great, but for me, it's just kind of... Everybody's a bad guy because the, the other guys are so much worse. It still doesn't cut it for me enough to say, like, at the end of the day, I do want to play somebody who is a hero in some fashion, mm-hmm. even if it's like a Han Solo hero. Okay. No, I totally, I totally that's get what, it. I, that's what I'm trying to push for the game for a world trip. Yeah, that's why I chose the rules of the universe. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, it's hard to do that with right. Barsher because Barsher is just, he's not human. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, his idea of being a good guy is not, you know, he, his idea of. He doesn't have an idea of being a good guy. The fact that he yeah. doesn't kill everybody is yeah. like he's good. There, there's a reason why. There's a reason why your character is emulating the Humies, quote unquote. And there's a reason why my character suddenly developed a southern accent because we both at like, different times came to the point where we're like, you know what? These are great ideas on paper, but to play them are nigh impossible mm-hmm. in a, to enjoy in a long term process mm-hmm. because we talk about things like narrative and character arc and stuff like that. And Warhammer just doesn't really allow for that. Well, I think in some ways the the community aspect, the communal aspect of a role-playing game doesn't work for characters like that. Because I'm thinking, if we were a TV show, Qantas and Barsher totally work as part of an ensemble cast. Because yes. think about you know Star Trek The Next yeah. Generation and a character like Data. He's yeah. totally undergoing this process of learning to become more human and that desire for it, but he's still very alien, very outside. Worf. Worf so, is also very much like, yeah. he's still a Klingon, claims to honor, etc., but there's a very big character. But we only have yeah. to actually, you know, really deal with that personality trait once every seven or eight episodes. Exactly. alternate between mm-hmm. everyone else. And in a role-playing game, that can work to an extent because we always have games that end up focusing on one character more than another, mm-hmm. but there still has to be lots of time for those other characters to come forward because... We are played, they, they are played by individual people who are here to have fun, yeah. who aren't being mm-hmm. paid for it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm the supporting actor on a TV series, I'm okay with not being the star of every episode because I'm not getting paid to be the star. <laughs> yeah. Here, it's like, no, I'm, sit, you know, sitting around a table for six hours with these people. They're in my house. <laughs> so, fuck it. I better have, you know, I better have something to do this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very, that's actually excellent point about mm-hmm. the, the, the difference in, uh, in interaction and also like how we tell the story. Um, uh, and so, uh, just real quick question, you guys. Um, so we're in a podcast. You might have noticed. Um, is that what that orb is for? Uh, no, no, no. That's a uh, sound orb. That's actually something different. Uh, I want to thank the NSA for listening to our <laughs> podcast. Uh, I knew that there was a. I knew that there was a spike in downloads when we played characters who worked in D.C. That's, and now that's I know so why. Cute. You think they actually download? They're listening right now. <laughs> yeah, How a, you doing, Bob? I'm okay. Exactly. Oh, that reminds me. Does Kevin... Kevin left. Uh-huh. That's okay. You know what? We're going to get Kevin back on the next... Yeah, uh, next uh, Pod. Uh, yeah. yeah, Kevin Smith will be on the next we one. We do apologize for running out of time. Oh, but that's, that's all right. You know, Kevin had short on time, but it was very nice of him to stop by. He was great backstage. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Georgie, can we get... Yeah, we'll get him back later. Okay. So, um... So, uh... Podcasts, I listened to a couple. I uh, wanted to know, since we're in the podcast land, 
what podcast do you guys listen to and or YouTube uh, uh, YouTube channels and stuff like that? Like, what kind of like media do you constantly go to in order to uh, like kind of I don't know feel good? Um, I just discovered the nerdiest YouTube channel. I love it so much. Like, I spent yesterday afternoon. I watched like an hour of this channel. The videos are like five minutes long. It's um, it's CGP Gray's YouTube channel, and he does like history-oriented videos once a month. Um, recent ones have include uh, Canada and the United States bizarre borders, uh, Vatican oh, City great. explained, how to become the Pope, uh, Holland versus the Netherlands, mm. can Texas secede from the Union, and it's all you know. It's basically like PowerPoint graphics, stick figures, that sort of thing. But he does a great job of distilling these very complex historical situations. You know, for example, why is the country of the Netherlands sometimes referred to as Holland, and what makes up the country of the Netherlands? It's more than just this little place on the North Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does in five minutes. You totally get you, you learn enough that it's like, all right, I could go into a game of Trivial Pursuit. Or I can go to a cocktail party and share like and, and share fun things. It's like I can't go to someone that's doing their doctorate in history and yep. expect to hold my own. Mm-hmm. But if they were like, I am studying the Vat- the history of the Vatican City for my doctorate, you'd be like, Hey, I know some weird shit about mm-hmm. that. Okay, right on. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I will say, okay, first and foremost, uh, uh, the the kings of my heart are um, are uh, the guys from Stuff You Should Know. Mm. Um, uh, Stuff You Should Know is a podcast where uh, two guys, um, uh, Josh and Chuck, uh, talk. Rent, uh, they, they're researchers who work for Discovery Channel, uh, and they uh, research different topics, and they talk about them for a half an hour to 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and it's random. It's anything. They did one on the Pope. They did one on how feet binding works. They did one on how, how volcanoes work. How does the sun work? By the way, that both got me an A in a goddamn test in astronomy <laughs> and also totally fucking turned on my girlfriend because I knew so much about the solar system that randomly I brought it up at a cocktail party. I was just like, oh, yeah, you see the Hubble telescope took photos of these things. And that's why they named this thing. And she turned to me and she's like, you know, that's actually really hot that you know that. And I was, I want to high five those two guys. Yeah. Because they just, they helped me immensely. They did one recently on how D&D works. What? I very much recommend it because they openly say, we're going to get letters. Yeah. <laughs> and they're great. They are great guys. They're very, very... Uh, like, like, what do you mean how D&D works? Are they just explaining the concept of role-playing games to the lay of person? Dun- yeah, of Dungeons okay. & Dragons, it's history, it's actual application, like it's system, it's it's uh, versions of systems, and it's social importance. So like they talk about like you know the D&D scare of the 1970s and the satanic scare, and also, uh, you know, uh, 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 Gary... Um, Gary Gaius. Gaius, thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, these are two guys who only played D&D, one played in high school, one played in college briefly. And so they're like, look, we're not experts, but this is the research that we've got. So here we go. Boom. And they throw it out there. And they say that a lot. They did one on how magnets work. And so now I have so an idea. Work. It, no, it's fucking mm-hmm. weird. There's a certain kind of magnet that you can actually strike with an object to knock it into a certain kind of, uh, oh. certain kind of, um, uh, uh, positive or negative charge. Nice. Yeah, no, the science is fucking awesome. So, stuff you should know, I actually exercise to it, um, mm-hmm. because I find that rhythm with music kind of fucks me up with uh, with exercising, but, like, listening to two guys explain to me, like, uh, you know, how the theory of, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity um, is, is, is fascinating, absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating. I, I absolutely love this stuff. Secondly, for uh, YouTube, the Mark Steele lectures. Now, mm-hmm. they're a little dated, uh, but Mark Steele is a lecture, is a lecture uh, from Britain. Fair warning, he's very liberal. 
but he's a historian and he talks about major uh, people in major history. He talks about Aristotle. He talks about Karl Marx and he's a comedian. So all of his stuff is him. It's very much like a cooking show format. So he's like walking around like, you know, historic, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, in Moscow and stuff like that, talking about uh, major historical figures uh, that have to do with the setting. Um, but he's very funny and he occasionally has like little skits and stuff like that, but it's always wildly informative, and that also helped me through Western history. Um, so I, I highly recommend uh, Mark Steele's uh, lectures, uh, and he also came out with a book I haven't read yet called uh, Viva la Revolution. Um, but uh, yeah, again, very liberal, but very, very smart man. Right. Uh, I really have nothing. I mean, honestly, the only uh, I, I used to listen to podcasts, but the only one I've been listening to lately at work is our own, honestly. Just listening <laughs> yeah. to some of the stuff this is I have. a little known podcast called Fandible. Yeah, you Fandible. Heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, if you're looking for inter- some inter- interesting sites, I'm going to recommend Titan Network, uh, which is the uh, City of Heroes community still fighting to get their game back. Uh, it's a little sad, especially for people who played City of Heroes, to see, like, you know. Uh, you know, see these people really work for something. Uh, but the cool thing is you're seeing a lot of uh, a community building their own game as well. So if you love City of Heroes or if you just want to support a community that's fighting to, for something that they're passionate in, it's a really good, interesting thing to check out. So Titan Network, that's the only thing I really got for you guys today. Ah. Oh, all right, so let me... Uh, one of the... Pod, well, I have specifically two podcasts I listen to as soon as I hear it. First of all, two podcasts I listen to as I soon as I hear it. The first one is Star Trek Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson because yes. he's awesome and I just love listening to him talk about the scientists. Kind of hot. Oh yeah, he's the only guy I would go for. Game for. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, but Are suddenly, you the only one. Oh, please, I'm right. sorry, Matt Damon, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, fine, Doctor Who. But beyond that, <laughs> you're not Gatham for Statham? Seriously? Meh. Really? What are you doing for me? The transporter. Okay, no, I'm surprised. No, I'm surprised. no, he's, he's going bald. Hair is important to me, man. Oh. <laughs> What? Okay, uh, let's not... His hmm. widow peak's pretty widow. It's gonna okay. let that one slide. The no. second group is uh, the Giant Bombcast, which main deal mainly with the video game podcast. Mm-hmm. We're talking about video games, but they do it in such an interesting manner that it's just hilarious. Each one of them is a specific type of character, and it's just, okay. it just shows to how, how much fun they're having. Doing all right, all this I'll stuff. have to listen to that, because you've been a fan for a long yeah, yeah, time. Yes. Uh, for YouTube channel specifically, I've listened to one called Write About Dragons. It's basically a, it's a videos of a course by Brandon Sanderson, who's one of my favorite fantasy writers. Okay. And basically talking about how, like, the art of writing for science fiction and fantasy and stuff like that. I've made it known to everybody in the group, and now to the podcast listeners, I've always wanted to write a fantasy slash sci-fi book. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know. You, you should. Camp NATO Rymo, July. Yeah. 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 Fuck it. Wait, what's Oh, I, I forgot one. I have one YouTube thing. I, uh, I've been actually listening to, Angela, you can help me out, the Anita. Uh, Children, cover oh. your ears. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian. Uh, yeah, she's... Trump's Beat Women in Video Games. Oh, yeah. And I just want to say this. Even if you don't agree with some of her statements, because I don't always agree with some of the stuff, you know, it's always great to hear another uh, perspective. And, and and I think is she does a very... Honestly, I think she does it in a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I know that she gets a lot of beef because people don't like her talking bad about their art form. But I don't think that's what she's doing. I think she's doing a very good job. And like I said, I don't always agree with something. I think sometimes she does go too far. It's like, no, that's not what – I think you're reaching for that one. But it's a fantastic thing to listen to. And I think she's mm-hmm. pretty smart. Okay. So mm-hmm. I wanted to say, you know, as a guy especially, mm-hmm. since I'm a guy, there's a lot of hate coming from her from the men. She does a good job. And I think what she's doing is actually beneficial to video games. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And the second YouTube channel I listen to is called, uh, I think, the Idea Channel, where basically he just is a guy on a screen presenting a different idea every uh, week or two weeks. Uh, one of the most interesting was how uh, is Futurama the future of what transhumanism will look like? Interesting. Yeah, and basically ideas along those terms. It looked really interesting. I just I like watching. It. And okay. that's about it for me. Cool. 
Alright, uh, I got no YouTube, because fuck YouTube. Okay. Uh, but really? I got, Mr. Screens doesn't like YouTube. I don't like YouTube. I, I, I really don't. I, I, I will watch random cat videos and stuff on it, but I... Sad Cat I, Diary. There is yeah. such a YouTube cat, cat video. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> um, that said, I have... That's all the way down. All the podcasts uh, that I listen to. Here we uh, go. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll go a lot of them because I'm, I'm just gonna lump a lot of them all together. Uh-huh. I'm I'm a nerd. I'm a tech geek. I do all the tech. I uh, was just previously showing off to all the guys here how I'm able to unlock my phone using an NFC tag and uh, shit like that, and how my watch talks to my phone and all this shit. Uh, so hello, Daniel. Yes, and, how uh, and how my how my my phone talks to me and tells me things at night, <laughs> tells me to kill. <laughs> and uh, so I have a, I listen to a whole bunch of uh, techie podcasts. Uh, uh, a lot of them from the Twit family. This week in tech, uh, the, you know, they have a whole family of podcasts, uh, both video and audio. So I listen to all about Android. Uh, this week in Google, and actually one that you all might be interested in, especially given current. Uh, and recent events with the whole PRISM and the NSA and everything. If there's one podcast out of the whole bunch you should totally be listening to, it's called Security Now, uh, and it's hmm. uh, the host is Steve Gibson. That is correct, Steve motherfucking Gibson. If you don't know who he is, giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's the Don Reyes talking. Uh, Google him right now because you're a bad person. You're the reason uh, society is falling apart. Uh, Steve Gibson is a science fiction author, incredibly uh, smart guy, uh, incredibly smart programmer and hacker, um, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to computer security. And his the most recent episode had to do with uh, the whole PRISM NSA uh, stuff and it is incredibly. If you watch, if, if you know you also write the whole thing, subscribe to the whole thing. Uh, watch that one episode about it. It is uh, really, really good. Um, others, uh, just general tech stuff. There's Texilla, which is basically if you ever watched G4 before. Yeah, uh, basically, yeah. Texilla is about as close as you're gonna get to that. Uh, are they part of the original oh, three now? They are part yeah. of Revision Four. Yeah, they're the original three. Yeah. yeah. Um, Textile's pretty good. Uh, if you're a bit more geeky, uh, there's Hack 5, H-A-K-5. Uh, they're more about, you know, they'll get more into the command line and stuff like that. Uh, again, lots of fun stuff. Um, when it comes to actual uh, random entertainment, though, uh, I will, uh, first of all, there's a little podcast you may have heard of called Fandible. I occasionally <laughs> listen okay. to that one. They're, they're okay. Uh, there's some I quality. don't like the fact that there's that guy who sounds like someone's stepping on his nuts the entire time. <laughs> that, that would be me. That would be me. Um, <laughs> You're uh, stepping on that guy's nuts? Uh, no, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can't help it. They're, they're right there. Um, it's like an orc with those nuts. <laughs> Um, there's uh, one of my favorite authors, Scott Sigler, scottsigler.com, uh, yeah, that's Scott, uh, S-C-O-T-T-S-I-G-L-E-R.com. He basically writes uh, horror and sci-fi, usually very realistic science-based sci-fi, uh, like sort of like, you know, 24 hours in the future. Um, really, really, really good, and he puts out all his books as uh, episodic podcasts for free, in addition to selling them. He's one of my favorite authors. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Go subscribe to his podcast. Listen to it. Great fun. Uh, the latest thing that he's podcasting is the latest book in the GFL, Galactic Football League series, which I know sounds ridiculous. Galactic Football. It is 
a lot better than it sounds. It's basically sci-fi, space opera, crime, uh, mixed in with Any Given Friday, <laughs> in space, with aliens. It is absolutely brilliant and very well done. And the guy has a great voice, he does great characters. Uh, it's actually really refreshing to find an author that not only writes the books, but then he does a podcast on his own, he does all the character voices, uh, everything, and wow. it is really, really well done. Um, the other, uh, another car- uh, podcast I listened to. Uh, wow! Yeah, no, yeah. dude, I told you I had all the podcasts. You to all when you have time. the time, do you sleep and listen to them? No, I just I just listen to them on the, my uh, commute back and forth. Yeah. Uh, most of these are like weekly, so oh, okay. uh, so over the week it, it works out. Uh, George Schraub, H A R B. Uh, George Schraub and the Geologic Podcast. He's been going at it for a few years. It's basically a variety show. He's a bit of a skeptic and uh, uh, atheist, so be warned if you're not in that camp. You're probably going to be offended by his stuff. If you're not, then you're probably going to have a really fun time. The guy's hilarious. Uh, he just tells stories about his life, uh, jokes, everything. Really fun stuff. Uh, in that same vein, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which I've just mentioned to the, guys, to the guys here. Again, if you're not a skeptic, you're not atheist, etc., Totally respect your decision. You're probably not going to enjoy this podcast. If you are, however, again, it's a group of five, really five smart people discussing all sorts of uh, pretty interesting you stuff. You are the strangest Baptist minister I've ever met. I know. No, dude, I'm, I'm like three kinds of minister. Have I shown you all my all yes, my, uh, yes, 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 yes. I am all kinds of minister. I could marry everyone in this room three times over. Oh, um, so you're a Mormon? Yes. <laughs> Yes, and uh, finally, because I'm not going to go into the Plan B because I because I'm, I've already been nerdy enough, and I'm not going to go into Bitcoin and how it works and doesn't work. Uh, so I'm going to skip that, that that'll podcast. That'll be the next topic. But uh, next the last the last one is the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. The guys are funny. The guys are very uh, uh, charismatic, and they actually get big uh, stars. Or even just not known stars, even if they're not sometimes that big. Uh, the latest episode has Joe Manganiello from uh, True Blood. Previous episodes have included uh, Rick Moranis, Asif Mandeev. Will Wheaton's uh, been on that. Will Wheaton. Uh, they had recently had Seth Rogen. A uh, whole bunch of... Basically, names for Bob Saget was in there. I mean, come on. Bob's probably the fucking Saget. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the no, point is... Yeah. Oh, he actually is really good. He says no, the dirtiest jokes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that man lives surprised. in the blue. Yes. He, he, yes, he does. He reigns over his land and is all blue. But yeah, the Nerdist podcast is a lot of fun to listen to, so I highly recommend it. And I've got a whole bunch more, but I'm, that, I think I'm done with yeah, <laughs> all the podcasts that I'm willing let's, to recommend let's save right some now. content for the next No, no yeah. save nothing. I, I, this is the last one. I would like to say, uh, though, it bears mentioning, but uh, I really do like on YouTube, I really like um, uh, Geek and Sundry. Uh, the fact yes. that I feel kind of jealous that they're, you know, they're just so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like, I listen to them, and it's like, Josh and Chuck, like, they're cool, and they've worked for it. And I, I listened to them when they were just two dudes, and now they're kind of big. But, like, Geek and Sundry, like, I watch, like, Will Wheaton. I mean, I love Will Wheaton. I love his, I love his like, live play shit. But I think to myself, like, I kind of want that. However, here's why I really like Will Wheaton. Because he shares my view of the non-competitive uh, nature of new media, which is we're not competing with Will Wheaton. Yeah. We're not competing with technically anybody yes. because we're no longer set to a certain time frame. We're not like competing against the rest of the 7 o'clock slot. Mm-hmm. We're just some podcast that you listen to on whatever media device you want, whatever whatever you you damn well want. And so, like, you want to listen to us, and then you want to listen to Will Wheaton, and you want to listen to, like, uh, Nerdist? Do it. We'd love it. And, like, 
But the thing that makes me most excited about that is that we can meet these people, and I want to do that. Um, <laughs> you did not see the girly hands that uh, Dan uh, just did. Yeah, no, I don't know what but you're talking about. Oh, you heard, you heard Yeah, and I just spit sparkles Someday this everywhere. Will, will graduate to a video podcast. One of these days. And, I will, and I will hire an actor to play me. <laughs> okay. I'll use, I'll use Jim from the Mangwani Expanse. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll, and we'll do that. Identify! Yeah. I will... That would just be like my luck, too. I use Jim as my, my stand-in, and people are like, David is gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right, so last but not least, uh, so we're growing in some popularity, um, and you know we hope Please. that the people listening, <laughs> we hope that the people listening will uh, will uh, will appreciate that and support us uh, for the coming uh, coming years. But uh, honestly, Fandible like, the series? Did you just say that? Oh, what? 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 One of the things that uh, I, I've always wanted uh, is to speak on a panel. Uh, I've always wanted to do this, except for like have my voice boom over an auditorium and have people riveted and on the edge of their seats. What's David Ready? going to say no, next? No, no, no. Probably a dick joke. Um, <laughs> so uh, my question to you guys is, um, if you guys could have one subject for a panel, uh, what would that subject be and why? Uh, Young this Heezy. wouldn't necessarily be a whole entire panel discussion, but this would be something interesting to talk about. What do you GM for, and what did you learn about yourself from GMing? From, Ooh, from gaming, specifically. Interesting. The only reason I say that is because it's something I've been thinking about recently in the last week or so. Okay. Because I think I've slowly discovered like what type of person I am because of I want GMing. to hear these thoughts sometimes. No, you don't. It, I'm ninja, I'm, truth be told, I just learned I'm a ninja. They're very unflattering. <laughs> ninja, ninja, they're very unflattering ninja, ninja. I'm pretty no, sexist. For, uh, <laughs> first off, what I GM for, I've realized, and obviously it's kind of obvious now that you think about it, but I love G- I love gaming to make people laugh. I, that's why I make these ridiculous characters, not mm-hmm. just role playing them, but like GM them. Every game I have has to have at least one quirky character. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the smiles on your faces that make you suffer. I mean, mm-hmm. role play these characters uh-huh. is really uh-huh. interesting. Uh-huh. But secondly, what I learned about yours myself is also quite interesting. I have a tendency to be selfless to a fault, mm. and I learned like you never tell that through your characters. <laughs> uh, I know exactly, and I think I'm beginning to realize like I think I want to be. I don't want to be a dick. Yeah, but I want to be a. They do my own shit at some point. In the future. A little, yeah, a yeah. little bit more about you. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. You, you get it's like as you like role playing like different type of characters. Like you start noticing like the type of characters you orient yourself to, uh-huh. and how different they are from who you actually are. And you realize, you know, maybe I just want to be in that direction in my real life instead of like just in the game. Okay, yeah. uh, that's that's really that's yeah. very admirable. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I would view it as you know, it's not being selfish; it's setting boundaries. Yes. You know, there. Uh, I inter- I was talking with one of the authors I'm going to be working with at work, and that's like part of his philosophy in this uh, the self help guide that he's putting out is that you're not a jerk when you set boundaries. Mm-hmm. It is okay to make demands of of other people for how they can interact with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always up to that you know that person then has the freedom to say that's too much. Mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Uh, and, you know, it, it is up to you as an individual to figure out whether you are being too selfish or, or you know, too rigid of a boundary. But the, the concept of it, it's like that's not being a dick. That's being, you know, respectful of, of your own needs. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'll go. Uh, I really uh, would like to have a uh, conversation about psychology and role playing. Um, and, and as you can, you, you can probably tell from like my reading, uh, ensemble is, uh, I love, I've always wanted to understand why I, why I am the way I am, um, why I gravitate towards games, why I 
excel at some games, why I totally accept defeat in others, but in like certain circumstances, like I have uh, no no tolerance for it. Um, the uh, fluoride in the water. <laughs> the fluoride in the water would probably be my it's opening part of statement. Spying program. Yeah. Radio signals. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Tinfoil hats are the only it's thing. Something that can save us. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the uh, but, but I would like to have a uh, a panel be like psychology and role playing, or like how I was broken, role-playing fixed me. Uh, because I'm really, really, as an adult, growing, uh, and a kid growing up with role-playing uh, from a very young age, and now as an adult, I, I'm still frustrated that there is this perception, and also rightly so, um, in some in some facets, that role-playing is something um, that a not normal person does mm-hmm. and is indicative of some sort of it's juvenile. Yeah, mm-hmm. is some sort of damage when you do it past like thirteen. Yeah. Now, to be clear, again, I have met some extremely damaged people and some people who do not know how to socialize through role playing. And Witness there's this group. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean I can't go outside anymore if they're staring. <laughs> <laughs> but my but, dice. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like role playing is what helped me develop as a person. My entire concept of uh, of comedy and of public uh, uh, public presentation, like I like speaking publicly. I like doing that. I like being on stage. I did, you know, I did uh, non professional stand up for a little while and stuff like that. I did that because I was in LARPs a lot, and you start as you know, I started as a punk thirteen year old with a mushroom bowl haircut, and then by like seventeen, I was you know. In a vampire game, giving speeches to the Elysium. Still with um, mushroom bowl haircut. Mm-hmm. Still with mushroom bowl. That was like my calling. That never leaves, baby. <laughs> um, uh, Sexy never goes out of style. Exactly, but like you <laughs> learned, like role playing taught me some like very interesting things about like self identity and also about goals um, and personal strengths and also mostly about people. It's very strange that or, or funny that the simulation of social interaction actually led me to really appreciate actual social interaction. Um, and so I, I really want to have, I would love to have a panel that explores those concepts. The fact that the, this isn't damaging, this is possibly like reconstructing. Uh, and I think that they're like anything else. It can, it can be beneficial or it can be, it can be destructive. Um, but it's, uh, it, it really did help me develop, uh, you know, develop into who I am and the things I'm proud of primarily are things that I learned through, ironically, pretending not to be me for a very long amount of time. And so I would love to have a, a, a panel of psychologists and players and fandable, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pointing that. at yeah. Billy. Yeah, pointing at Billy, who but, just kind of nodded. Yeah, so my statement could easily be part of that psychological What's that? That my statement that I just said could easily be part of those how psychology. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't be first, and you'd yeah. copy them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Thanks for that. No. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> It'd be more about me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, no, but but really, like yeah. like more of a like a uh, like a diehard psychological uh, take uh, take on it. Uh, yeah. You know, positive and negative uh, interaction and uh, interaction um, and things like that. I, I, I would really like to have that kind of um, that kind of conversation, and maybe then develop into a larger conversation about. The community of role playing, um, the fact that uh, the fact that in my experience, again with the LARP community, um, a lot of my a lot of my uh, interactions with uh, with with uh, the LGBT community had to do with LARPing. Like it was a very big, prominent part of LARPing. Um, like there was a reason that I knew a lot of the people who worked at like the lesbian bar in my neighborhood. <laughs> like because like that um, and. Uh, that 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 helped me get comfortable with that at a very young age. Whereas people 
who are non-role players in my friend group, like had to take a little bit more time because they weren't exposed to it. Mm -hmm. That was very beneficial. Uh, but like there are other parts of the role-playing community, I think we can all agree, with pickup games and stuff like that. We all know, we might not say because we don't want to, but we all know if you sit down to a pickup game of D&D, chances are you're kind of bracing yourself for something that is <laughs> less yeah. less than pleasant. Oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. and, and And, you know, why is that? Why is that? We are all weird. When we come, when it comes down to like, yeah, I want to, I want to get to this glorious future where we're not weird, where this is just another, this is the new video game. Some people do it, and that's cool. And I think we're slowly getting there. Like, I'm much more open about my 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 gaming than I was, you know, five, ten years ago. But the thing is, we're all still weird. Okay, this is still fringe. And so, why are we all fringe, but yet we emulate the worst aspects of the popular society that we feel so pushed out of? So like. I didn't feel like I fit in it at, at, at high school. I mean, I, I dare say a lot of role players don't feel like they fit in at high school. So why is it that we emulate the shitty parts? So why is it that we emulate the parts about sexism or like about race division or about like just these 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 perceptions um, and is uh, of uh, these perceptions of stereotypes? Is that in, endemic of um, or systematic of role playing? Because look at how role playing stands uh, usually bears out. You have character classes. You have stereotypes. You have things that you kind of fit into certain uh, positions. It, it, I feel like there might be a connection there, and we're getting away from that. Mm -hmm. But I like to have a conversation about that, a uh, larger conversation. I'm sorry. I feel like I really ran away with this. This how you talk. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm sorry. Congratulations. You just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. Welcome we can, to the Fennable Panel discussion on. We can edit that out. I'm sorry. We will no, no, no. We, we never edit anything out. Yeah. No, because I mean, I'm going to say that that last part is exactly the panel that I would want to have. I want to have the feminism and social justice and gaming panel. Okay. Yeah, that's absolutely. Thanks for stealing my idea. <laughs> too, bad. too bad the chick gets to have the feminism discussion deal with so it. sexist I know it is I know, I know it's it is. so I'm stereotypical so uh, but it's it's true that's what I want to talk about and we're talking about it more and more like every year I'm watching the conversations on, on Google Plus and different forums and it's like every year we get a little bit more comfortable talking about how sexist a lot of these systems are how racist they are how can we play you know Lovecraft and not emulate the worst of HP Lovecraft <laughs> you know uh, or, he was pretty bad yeah, old timey like, thoughts so like, but, but, but you know what? we're done with that like newer stuff don't is it not sexism I mean yes did you space did you marines exalted <laughs> oh I was kidding I was, that was the joke I was, I I was reaching for uh, the space marine example but you know and, and not just rehashing all these conversations but looking at what can we do like you know in hollow earth the the pulp genre you know, like like David was saying at the beginning of the podcast, we get a lot of stereotyping in that genre, and I have tried to very consciously work outside of that. There is a reason that you meet lots and lots of female NPCs, and in the back of my mind, I had this whole sociological history of the settlement of the Hollow Earth that well, explains. We don't care because ants. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes, there are the fucking ants. Uh, it's like, but I I have I've made up that. That history and I can. I, I would love. To, I would love to see. I would love to see a publication. If it, nothing else, on the website, <laughs> the Hollow Earth, according to Angela, because you, that is your. That's your baby, and yeah. I would love to see what oh, you're. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, and I'm. I'm always. And there's also you know acknowledging you know like what do you do when you mess up. 
you know, you're trying to be this perfect egalitarian person, and guess what? Shit happens because you are a human being. We live in this society that is racist and sexist. So how can you fix it without seeming like a total, like, retcon? You know, I'm thinking, you know, the the um, the cargo cultists that you guys met, uh, someone on Google+, Plus, Philomena Young, uh, of Machine Age Production, she was just doing a lot of talking about pulp, and she brought up the how the white person comes in and solves the primitives' problems, and I was like, mm-hmm. I did that with the cargo cultists. <laughs> so I'm now like, all right, you guys are going to end up back there eventually. How can I fix this? How can uh, I make this less tropey? You know, I've well, I've, you did. I mean, let's be. I will say just this: you made a point to say, I was like, so what do the cargo cultists look like? And you're like, they look like you. Like, they, you're, you're not the yes, we, you are the foreign guys coming to save them, but you're not. You're, helping, you're, you know, you're a bunch of white guys helping a bunch of white guys. Yeah. I, I think it was kind of funny, though, because I, I never got that um, uh, from the cargo cultists. I thought it was more of a more of a uh, commentary on capitalism, honestly. Well, yeah. because That's like, the original intent of it. And, and that's what I walked what away the, with. The, the cargo cultists exist as, like, yeah. in the, the game, it is mm-hmm. totally about capitalism and all that. I, yeah. I think that Hollow Earth does, uh, as a system does a pretty good job of, of representing and encouraging multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that the I always talk about um, and, and just love and what made me fall in love with this book is the first chapter is a gazetteer of the world in 1936, and they very pointedly don't just hang out in the Western world. There's a huge section on Africa. It goes beyond Egypt. It talks about all of the countries that are just beginning to get independence from the European colonies. And it goes into a bunch of different countries in Asia, not just China and Japan. So it's, I, I think the, the setting, the, as uh, people have written it, does a good job of encouraging this. But as a GM, I want to see what can I do next coming at it from an you know, explicitly social justice perspective. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. I guess, okay, so I guess I'm the last one. Uh, gone, but please, oh, no, are you no, 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 please go. That's oh, I God. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of something as well. Uh, heck, if it was, if it, was, it wasn't even a role-playing conference, I'd love to talk. I'd love to do it, be at a political conference, just and I could just talk. My dark, my dark deep sar- uh, secret is I am so in love with this idea of government. Like, I love government. Like, the I think it's the greatest invention that we ever done. And, of course, there's separate areas where it's like, well, I have a horrible government. It's like, well, yes, but... But that's not. This is a geeky round topic. We're not talking about politics. So basically, that's like the concept of government. The concept of government, I think, is the only of a good, solid government. Is I think if we do it right, is the greatest, is the savior of all mankind. And, and, and going to that, like communism is a great idea on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but there's another thing. It's like I think uh, I do think that we do we do slide back occasionally. But I think as humanity continues to grow. We do a lot more climbing than we do falling. Well, at least for 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 now, where I've grown up so far. So I can't speak. I'm not saying that government, all government, is better than nothing. I think there are some horrible ones, but I think the idea of a, a strong government is awesome. I love it. But that's not what I'm getting into here because. My God, that's liberal talk. But no, no, no. But, I, I, but what your conversation think, be about? because yeah, because I wasn't doing liberal talk. Well, you know, I'm just, I wouldn't know how to. Bring, I, this is a gaming thing, and that goes beyond what the gaming is. But I, I guess the biggest thing I would get into, just painting back, picking up back to that, and everybody else's, is how gaming is made up of so many different types of people. We have Democrat. We we have Democrats. We have Republicans. We have Libertarians. We have people who have different styles: communists, socialists, Marxists. We have all people from different kinds of beliefs, uh, different kind of religion. 
And I think gaming allows for us to actually get a chance to understand each other. And I don't see it happen a lot, unfortunately. I think a lot of gaming is as much as we talk about how we were always outcasts, but, you know, gaming's worked together. I think gaming actually needs to learn how to get along with each other and stop viewing things like, hey, just because you view something as this means you're the worst person in the fucking world. Mm. There's there's an undercurrent of if you disagree with me, you You are, are the enemy. Yeah. Well, no, it's not even that you are the enemy, it's that you by disagreeing you're actually you're actively attacking. Yeah, exactly. And which I think is, like what I think you're saying with Anita yeah. Sarkeesian, I think that's what a lot of people are Yeah, I, I think it's as. such an an interesting idea when people get so pissed off about a, a different opinion. And I think there's definitely opinions that are awful. Like, yes, I think there are racist and sexist opinions that should, you know, that you have a right to be angry at. But I think there are some levels of when somebody says something, you could just say, I don't agree with you, but that's an interesting point. I like the idea of looking at someone else's perception. And even if that perception is flawed and you can point to that and say, this is why it's interesting to see other people's way of viewing things. And that's what I think role playing can do for us. Yeah. Me playing someone, like, me playing a minority. Uh, this is a story I have. A uh, minority, gay, homosexual. I, I am, as you know, married. And I, that, thus, to a woman, to a woman, thus I am, yeah, thus, thus I am not gay. I have no idea how it is to be gay, say, for maybe being called gay in high school because people thought my shirt looked weird. You know, we all had those people who were dicks. But when I was acting in college, uh, I had to play a gay character. And my character has this monologue talking about how hard it is to just want to hold someone's hand in public and how I'm afraid of people hurting me. And I could not get that. And I was using my experience, my perception, my entire livelihood as an example of like, no, I can hold my girlfriend's hand all the time, uh, and even in a bad neighborhood. And then once say someone, someone said, role play it. Here's your partner who is gay, you know, in real life. He's like, come, come with me down the, just walk down the street with me and hold my arm. And I was like, okay, I held him on the shoulder. He's like, no, hold my arm like you're in love with me. And I did it. And as soon as I connected with his arm in that loving manner of walking down the street, it was crystal clear that fear. Mm. And I think that's what role playing allows us to do is, and that's an example that I think is a great example of getting someone's head, but it allows us to view things from a different point of view. We've played characters who are devoutly religious and are afraid of other people, and we have got to, to experience why we fear other cultures and other ideas. Warhammer 40K. It's because we think they are, even our religion is flawed, we think it's better than anything else out there. And even though in the real world that's not true, I think it at least gives us an idea of how some people approach this. And I think as gamers... We need to open ourselves up a little bit more to different perspect- uh, uh, perspectives and embrace them and enjoy them and fear them and love them. And just for a second, even if you disagree with something, just look at someone and say, I understand why you feel that way. I don't agree with it, but I understand you as a person. And I think that what's role-playing allows you, could allow you to do. That's my opinion.
can almost ignore it. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Poopy Irish clap. All right. No, so, but no, uh, Daniel, I'm not, that's, oh, that's right, all right. I have to say. Yeah, but I want to hear Daniels. So, Daniels, yeah. you have plenty of things to talk about. No, I mean, thanks all you guys for taking all my ideas. Yeah. Now there's nothing left to do, so I guess the only thing I can talk about in the it's gaming convention is, is my penis and how awesome it is. <laughs> also, your mom. Or all uh, the screens. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. The screens. Um, I will have to have pictures of my penis on all the screens yes. and how they should be on all of your screens. That's where I'm going with it, baby. That's where I'm the going with it. The cult of Daniel's penis. Yeah. No, um, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> is that what you call it? That's what they call it. That's what they call it. That's all I'm saying. Really? Yeah, after three day, every three days. He's like clockwork and rises. Anyway. Just every three days, you poor man. Poor circulation. I didn't say this was a great thing. I just said that's what they call it. No, no. But when it finally rises, miracles happen. Wow. I like that one. Well that's what they say. That's in fact what she said. Okay, okay, okay. So so what's what's the reality of... Um, No, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. I, I, I... Spend a, a several a good chunk of every Saturday or most every Saturday pretending to be somebody else with you guys. Uh, I also spent a good chunk of pretty much every night pretending to be somebody else uh, with other people uh, online, different games that I play. Uh, so I, I, I guess uh, the only thing other than all the themes that you guys, that are, that are thoughtful and smart and inventive and brilliant that you guys already pulled up, therefore leaving nothing for me, uh, <laughs> is basically... Uh, what it does to a person to basically spend, a, you know, a good third of their life pretending to be other people. That's a brilliant one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, really yeah, what, 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 what does it do to you? What, what does it make, what does it make you and what, how much, especially when, when, like me, you're not playing the same character. This is one thing, you know, with, with TV shows, et cetera, where like, you know, you're, you're playing a specific role and you are in that one role. I play different characters, not just with, not just, you know, in, in, in overall. I mean, even just in this podcast with the Fanable group, we all play different characters often weekly. And we're actually <laughs> pulling back from that because it was kind of getting to be a bit too much. Who um, am I? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a little um, intense. But yeah, exactly. Okay, so but I, fast, I, I play a good five or six, seven other characters on different games uh, online, uh, sometimes multiple times a week. And uh, when you spend a good third of your life pretending to be multiple other people, uh, when does that go from hobby to mental disorder? <laughs> um, where, where is the line drawn? Yes. Uh, so that's you know, it's, I, I guess that's that's one topic I'd like to explore. That is, that's uh, actually yeah. fucking yeah. interesting. I yeah. didn't even think about yeah. that. Exactly. Like, honestly, we we spend so much time pretending to be somebody else. How long ago would this have been considered? This you meta. are mentally ill. I can make this rather than I can make this a little bit deeper. Please, here comes please, the please drop. Do. Doesn't everybody <laughs> pretend that there's somebody else? Everything in marketing, as marketing majors and everything. Uh, and do you would know this from World War Z? We sell fear. Like, hey, you wanna you wanna look attract that male? Dress up like this woman. Hey, do you want to uh, look good? Look like this guy. I mean, we are always trying to reinvent ourselves, try a different thing, put it on a new t-shirt, get a new phrase, say something cool, watch the new movie, listen to the no same song, just because we want to uh, be somebody other than ourselves. And mm-hmm. I, I think... I- it's interesting. Yeah, no, we'll make I think, I think, with role pl- yeah. I think role-playing, though, you're right. Like well, We actually thing, take it to a next yeah. level. Well, that's the thing. With role-playing, you... We you, make you, it you, 
you know, you make it explicit and you choose who you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, you know, the, I mean, that that's, that's sort of like a, a side uh, or a way of looking at it. Also, like, like society forces you into a specific role. Mm-hmm. Is role is is choosing to become a part of a role playing game sort of taking back a little bit of that and going oh. like, you know, like, am I, am I now choosing? You just blew our minds again. This exactly. has become so, a part of this You just blew my mind so, so hard, so, I'm waiting for that third day to come around. So, basically, <laughs> everybody that's listening, uh, these will be the options that are coming for FandibleCon. We keep talking about going to a gaming con someday and being invited. You know, at this rate, we should just set up FandiCon yeah. at some point. It'll uh, be a tent in Central Park. Hurry, yeah. <laughs> hurry, before like, the cops show by at least, yeah, By at least uh, uh, five people and several Squirrels. <laughs> so have already by 2015 or 16, we're gonna have Fandicon. All right, Fandicon, so got, five people, and I've, I've I've had full confirmation from at least three squirrels. Okay, so we're good. All right, so I got one last question to close this out for a nice little kind of lighthearted thing because we just got deep, son. Yeah, uh, we do, man. Uh, it roll. is indeed what we do. I am. Because you have to be so smart. This it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's um. It's uh, okay. So uh, think of uh, characters that we play, and then transporting them into fiasco. What do you think that our unhallowed Metropolis characters would do in a fiasco game? Like, what would our be our connection? Um, a fiasco. My I, character. I know what he would try to do, and thus it would fail so horribly that yep. he'd get punished for it. Because they're. But by the way, I'm choosing unhallowed yeah. Metropolis because I think they're the, the most unscrupulous group yeah. that would deserve the most punishment. Yes, Moyer included. Fuck you. Yeah, I think for him, he would try to. Maybe over the water. Yeah, characters? he would try to seduce and uh, seduce and bed Myra. Because <laughs> I'm turning it into like the thing about our characters is they have some badness about them, but they they're trying to be good people, mm-hmm. you know. And it's no it's no lie. Byron's in love with Myra, mm-hmm. but get rid of that like loyalty to his brother, then it would be just I want to seduce her and sleep with him. Yeah, because there's nothing more attractive than a corpse that follows you around with a knife. No. <laughs> so it, two, yeah, two and I would just do that because but I would want the second knife. Did I miss a game? She always had that. Two knives. Well, she has two esculpuses. Yeah, yes. she dual wields the What? Okay, okay. We can never ever have a conversation about Marcus being overpowered again. <laughs> again. Well, that's, like seven, that's like thirty-two damage. Yeah. Okay, we're getting. There's on. a reason that I kill people yeah. and you don't. Yeah, she's been doing it a long time. So yeah, I would want Byron to suffer for that. Okay, all right. And she can make use of her oh, twice over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would apparently. say that I would say that I would like Marcus in a fiasco game. He would probably be a ghoul. He'd like corpse snatch. Um, and I think that the way that his dice would play out at the end, because for those of you who don't play fiasco, everyone usually kind of fucking uh, you know he suffers at the end of a yes. good a good fiasco involves horrible people doing horrible things and getting horrible consequences. I think he'd be buried alive. Ooh. Uh, yep. Okay. But, but then, the reason that's horrible is because he ages one fifth of the uh, time oh, everyone else does. So he'd be under there for a while. Long time. Yeah. Uh, Byron would lose his uh, manly ways, I would think, for his ending. Ah, yeah, he had yeah. two knives. Yeah, two knives for each y- knife. Y- eunuch. Yep, he'd become a eunuch, I think. That's, right that's the thing. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Dr. Israel, I mean, my when I originally made Dr. Israel, I kind of wanted him to go like a Dr. Frankenstein route. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he has the skills, it's just that our GM doesn't let me use them. Yet. Uh, well, no. Well, he just read the book, so be yeah, honest. Uh, <laughs> he's in, in that, yeah, in his defense, he's only figured out the rules. No, no, but seriously, like, my original character, I picked up, like, all the, all the skills that basically, I, I, on paper, I could create life. 
Okay. I have I have all the skills to do it. I haven't really done it because we we I was very specifically told we're not going to go that route, which is perfectly fine. But my character is assigned for that. In a fiasco game, I would want him to actually follow that path yep. all the way down where it leads, <laughs> and probably actually be using the rest of the group to acquire raw materials. I mean, we've got the we've got the uh, the, the mourner. Yeah. We've got the mourner. We've got the noble. We've got the dampier. We've got the GM. Uh, yeah. we got, we've got uh, bring back Horatio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got all these people and Penny, uh, with, and with Penny who's in love with you. And character. Penny, yeah. who is in love with my character, was hilarious. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Oh no, it's great. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, you know, I could, I, I could see him like sort of like trying ever so subtly, as, as subtle as he ever gets, uh, to basically uh, harvest things from each of these individuals, because that's, that's the reason he associates with them. That's the reason he actually goes on all these wild adventures and actually leaves his lab, because he's using them as subjects for his grand creation! Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to human centipede us? Well, uh, <laughs> that is not exactly where I'm going, but now you bring it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see him like basically, and maybe even like getting to the point where he actually achieves his creation, mm-hmm. which of course is downfall, mm-hmm. which like kills that. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, yeah. 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 or or you know, it creates him. It, it's fully successful, and it is stronger, smarter, faster, and most of all, smarter. Than, than he ever was, was, wow. and now he's the assistant. He's yeah, the assistant. He, he gets harvested. Yeah. Oh, I like he that. Gets harvested. I like he gets that. harvested for the next, uh, the, the nice. next day, that. or something along yes. those lines. I, I was like, like that. Oh, we dropped this game right oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's that's some fucked up shit. What happens? What happens, to Moira? Uh, Moira, I think goes like full on serial killer. Ooh. Yeah, well, because like Moira's darkness or sin or whatever the hell it is in, in uh, the corruption. Province. Yeah, corruption. Is she's like dead inside. The loss of, of Horatio and other shit in her backstory. It's like, it, you know, it gets to the point where it's like, people don't want to be around you because you are not human. You just don't have any warmth left in you. So, uh, serial killer and immortal, immortalized to her chagrin in Penny Dreadfuls. <laughs> Interesting. See, I think her personal her personal hell at the end of a fiasco would be stand up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I know her personal hell. Losing both arms. Oh, she will be the biter. <laughs> You're well, all... she, she was harvesting parts for uh, for the doctor, yeah, and, sure. and and she and wanted her. Hands. She wasn't. She wasn't fast enough. Okay. <laughs> I'd be so I'm sad loving... if if uh, Horatio was the body that he brought back. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> these are all ideas I'm going to use to full effect. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely, I, I have plans for like what Moira has been doing in the downtime. Yeah, in the six months since we played the damn game. Send me an email when you guys are ready. Um, for what you've been doing since the last time, or, or, or at least been? proposed ideas uh, for what I want to have. Currently, it's been at least a few months. Okay, with nothing happening from a certain individual, you know. What your mother? And I'll, I'll yeah, I'll be honest. Like uh, because I'm gonna start moving uh, because you guys are we already talking about. This. I'm going to start moving things away from London into, into the wild, wider world. So, like this, that certain individual is not going to be a factor for. We can a long talk time. about this once yeah. we're dead. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, yeah. uh, so, uh, you don't have a character in Alan Metropolis. I have the world. You have <laughs> and the, the world. world is still fucked up and the enemy worse. So, <laughs> pick an NPC. Oh, Ooh, the ghoul! The ghoul! Okay. The ghoul! Oh my God! The ghoul! <laughs> because in the end, I'm nobility. <laughs> yes. Take my hand. <laughs> he becomes the king and he's forced to eat but he realizes no, no, I, I, I can't imagine him getting all the white dice 
and becoming uh, actually true nobility by get sacrificing Byron. That's a good point. I think the ghoul would probably be the only character in a VS code to come out on DS. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love it. So, in Hollow Metropolis, uh, fiasco has to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the alternate uh, universe of... Un- I would love to fiascoize all of our long-term characters, personally. Um, so, anyways, uh, I think we've run long enough. You guys have answered all my questions, and I hope you guys at home or on your uh, listening devices have enjoyed this a lot. Uh, anything else that you guys want to plug while we're talking? Probably, probably, probably. Okay, that would be enough. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. This is Dave uh, for the Fandible.com uh, role-playing podcast, Geeky Topics Roundtable. If you like what you hear here... What, yeah, one more time. Cut! If you like what you hear here, uh, please go to Fanable.com. We have uh, more recordings for Geeky Topic. We also have live uh, play for various role-playing games. Go to the uh, Fanda blog where we write brilliant things onto the computer screen and you get to read them. We have uh, FantaTube, which is our YouTube channel, which is slowly growing in power and uh, we will have to feed its souls at one point. Um, And also... uh, At one point? If for nothing else, uh, if for nothing else, uh, go to fanable.com and leave some uh, comments. We have a very robust community, and we love all the comments we answer uh, as much as we can. And uh, send us an email uh, if you wish, and we might answer your questions. So for the rest of fanable.com, uh, thank you very much, and good bye.